2: Brian McTaggart is with us. Covers the Houston Astros. Has been doing so for since 2004. Is uh, with MLB.com. Now uh, we're introducing you to Minnesota outdoor baseball in April. What do you think? Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty cold.
3: It's uh, you know it's uh, you know I, I grew up in Houston watching baseball and it was always indoors. And uh, in 2000 they moved to Minute Maid and even even now most of their games are still indoors. So. Yesterday in Houston, it was 52 at first pitch, uh, and it was the coldest home game in Astros history. So, uh, of course, that's uh, nothing compared to what we got tonight.
2: Yeah, if I was a hitter, there's things I'd rather do than face Justin Verlander at age uh, with the temperature at age about 30 degrees.
3: Huh? Or being in the AL Central, and he says this probably could be the coldest game he's ever pitched in. But he said, "I'm just reminding myself as force for the hitter." So, uh, I think that that's definitely true
2: so uh what uh how did the world change down there for baseball in houston uh by winning the world series
3: well the astros are the the toast of the town they're everywhere you can't uh you can't go anywhere in houston without seeing astros hats and shirts and uh they're like rock stars correa springer uh, Altuve they're the most popular guys in the uh sports figures in the city of houston along with j.j J. watt probably and james harden but uh you know the, the astros rule the roost it's uh Huge crowds. Their first homestand, as you would expect. I think they had three sellouts and a couple more that were close. And everybody just wants a piece of the Astros right now. It's certainly a pretty dramatic change than what it was five years ago when they were losing 111 games. And you sit there and watch the games, and you could hear the outfielders calling each other off when a ball was hit to the outfield. So it's it's uh, it's been a really dramatic uh, turn in Houston and the Astros right now. Can do no wrong.
2: And beyond, uh, you know, being really good, uh, some of those personalities are hard not to love. Like Altubi. I had a chance to talk to him last year. Man, that is a good guy right there.
3: Yeah, they have very likable players, very marketable players. Altuve, like you said, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's a great face of the franchise. I mean, George Springer, World Series MVP, is uh, a guy you can really rally behind. You know has, has overcome a stutter; he, he bursts with enthusiasm. Carlos Correa is one of the, the bright young stars in the game, and he embraces it and goes about things the right way. Then you have Keiko uh, McCullers is McCullers is a very confident kid. Um, you know Keiko's got the beard, and Verlander's Verlander just uh, they have a little bit of everything. But I, I've never seen a team as close as this team is. This is a. Uh, there, there are no clicks in that clubhouse. It is a very tight team, and it's a, a very motivated team to try to do this one more time.
2: And Verlander uh, walked right in, and uh, they were so happy to have him. It would have been hard for him to not fit in, I would think. Huh?
3: Yeah, yeah, he came in, and I mean, every everyone looks up to him. I mean, he's got a, a Cy Young and an MVP, and um, he had done everything except win a World Series. So he certainly came in and, and carried some weight and. Guy, young guys like McCullers looked up to them now they have Garrett Cole and, and he looked up to him as well and is learning things and, and he, when you go out and you pitch like he pitched last year I mean he was five and oh he was five and oh and five starts in the regular season was the ALCS MVP helped him win the World Series uh and you kind of you kind of put your money where your mouth is it goes a long way but he this, this starting pitching rotation is absolutely dominant and, and the twins are getting the uh the horns of it right here with the three guys they got doing in these three games with, uh, Verlander Keuchel and McCullers, not, you know, they're missing Garrett Cole. He's probably the best pitcher in the AL through the first 10 games of the season. So there's no, uh, no easy pitching matchups when you face the Astros.
2: Ryan McTaggart is with us, covers the Astros. They're coming to town to cool with the bats for three days and uh, playing San Diego, which is always shocks us up here. Uh, the last time we saw them up here, they scored 40 runs in three games, so any time they aren't scoring runs, it's a it's a surprise.
3: Yeah, the Astros have destroyed Minnesota pitching the last few years. This series against San Diego they just had was, was really shocking. I mean, um, the Astros did not get an extra base hit in the series till yesterday. Wow. So it was the third game of the series. Max Stassi had a three-run homer, and they win 4-1. Um, I don't know if it's in, in familiarity. I mean, it was an interleague game, so this was a lot, of, a lot of pitchers the Astros hadn't seen before. But the bats, I think, are certainly due to break out. Um, how this cold weather will affect them, I'm not sure. But Carlos Correa has cooled off a little bit. Alex Bregman, um, who had a, a walk-off pop-up. In in Saturday's game, yeah, I
2: saw that.
3: He's due to break out a little bit. Of course, Altuve uh, hits really well on the road. So um, you know, I, I, it might be bad news for Minnesota because I, I think this this team is due to to break out and, and have some big games with the bats. So
2: uh, they uh, like the bullpen too. Yeah, the bullpen's done a nice
3: job. I mean, they don't they don't do things the conventional way. I mean, you saw that in the World Series last yep. year. He A.J. Hinch used uh, Lance McCullers in relief. He used uh, Charlie Morton in relief in Game 7 of the World Series. He's a starting pitcher. And then they have a couple of secret weapons that you know they can use for one batter or, or three innings in, in Brad Peacock and Chris Davinsky. But he's not married to closer roles. He's not married to this guy pitches the eighth. This is the seventh inning guy. It's about matchups. Um, where they're at in the game. Who, who's available in the bullpen. But it's not it's not a, it's not a Great bullpen, like uh, maybe the Yankees or the Red Sox or Indians, but it's very, very good, and uh, they have a lot of weapons, and, and they can come at you in a lot of different ways. And, um, so it's performed pretty well so far. But if you're looking for a key, the strength of this team, it is definitely their lineup, it's definitely their starting pitching, and then the bullpens coming on a little bit as well.
2: Hey Brian, I had an MVP ballot last year, and uh, of course I voted for Altuve, but the other. Uh... The other Astro that ended up on my ballot was uh, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, just because of where he played anytime anybody got hurt and the kind of production they get out of him. Boy, a player like that comes in handy, doesn't he?
3: Well, you and me both, same deal. I voted for Altuve 1. I put Marwin on my ballot, I think, at 10th. Um, I mean, he he led them in RBIs last year. People don't realize that. (laughs) Marwin Gonzalez led the Astros in RBIs last year. Correa goes down in July and marvin steps in plays shortstop at an all-star level for six weeks in the in the world series he starts left field every game he can play first third he is just probably the best utility man in the game and i hesitate to call him utility man because he plays almost every day switch hitter with power um and definitely of i mean there, there were so many <laughs> there were so many guys on the astros that they couldn't have won the world series without this guy and this guy but tell you what marvin gonzalez was right in the middle of it all that um, he's going to be a free agent after this year so he's, I think he made himself a lot of money with that season he had last year.
2: That of course is something that uh, you, you wonder about. Uh, I mean Houston's uh, no longer a small market that's for sure and uh, uh, selling tickets and going crazy but man they got a lot of guys that are going to have to pay here pretty soon.
3: Yeah they do and their payroll is it's still not huge I mean they're in probably the probably the middle maybe just outside the top 10 in payroll and you know, they just re-signed Altuve a month ago. They gave him $150 million over seven years. So, And, you know, every offseason now, they're going to have to deal with this. They have Marwin Gonzalez and Dallas Keuchel that are free agents after this year. And then you have Verlander and Garrett Cole the year after that. Springer's close. A little bit further down the road is Correa. So it's going to be impossible to keep all these guys. But believe it or not, they have talent coming through the minor leagues. They have an outfielder, left-handed hitting outfielder, AAA, who's got star written all over him. They have one of the best... Uh, hard throwing young right handers who's in double A um who might be up later this year. So um they're not gonna spend crazy money on, on any of their free agents. They're gonna spend wisely and if they can't, they'll go and, and 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 uh fill it within the farm system or they'll go out and get a guy like Charlie Morton who they pay two years fourteen million dollars. Everyone's like, why? They give him Charlie Morton money and he has the best year of his career and is, you know, unhittable in the in the World Series. So uh, it's a very smart front office and, and they're doing things pretty tactfully and, and pretty wisely, and they're certainly not going to spend uh, dumb money when it comes to all these guys. that are going to be g- coming well, up for contracts in the next few years.
2: Brian McTaggart with us, covers the Astros. I would bet that there wasn't a parade in town when they hired A.J. Hinch, who had gotten fired at Arizona and was uh, when, not the old tobacco chew- chewing uh, a baseball guy, uh, that's for sure, but uh, that has worked out rather well.
3: Yeah, well, he's kind of the new age manager you have now. He's a guy with front office experience um, he's Stanford educated he was a you know backup catcher for most of his career so kind of an unheralded player you didn't know much about but you know at the time they hired him they were they were coming off that third consecutive 100 loss season and, and Jeff Luno at the press conference said A.J. Hinch is going to be the manager that we he's going to be our manager when we win the World Series and of course <laughs> people were like are, are you serious and sure enough three years later he, he's just that, but he's uh, you know—he's a terrific manager. Yes, he has a terrific team, but he, he balances that clubhouse very well. Um, he, the players have a lot of respect for him. I think he's a good tactical manager. And when you work for the Astros, you have to balance the front office part, too. Very analytically driven. He buys into it. He understands everything. He's good about uh, uh, delivering those messages to the players. Um, you know, we're going to see the Astros in this series have four outfielders, um, I think at times, with some left-handed batters and it's going to raise a lot of eyebrows, but a lot of thought goes into those types of things. and It's uh, the front office coming up with the idea, and, and A.J. buying into it, and then the players buying into it, and uh, it works. He's, he's been a great fit here in Houston.
2: How many uh, times have they uh, pulled that this year? How many times have they played the four-man outfield?
3: Well, they only did it in the, uh, in the Rangers series at the beginning of the year. They don't do it at home because the outfield is small. They'll do it against left-handed hitters who are pull hitters, they will put, uh, they'll move the third baseman to left field, move the other outfielders over, and they'll leave the left side of the infield exposed. And it worked pretty well against Joey Gallo, although he did hit a home run, but, um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he, I think he flied out three times. So they're going to do it on occasion, not a lot, but um, I think we'll see that at target field against uh, some of their left-handed hitters tonight if nobody's on base.
2: Yeah, Logan Morrison probably for sure. Yeah, Logan hit, Morrison, he, exactly right. He hasn't hit the ball enough to uh, tell us where it goes. But uh, the uh, the track record indicates that uh, he, he's a dead pole hitter. So, no, the other way around. They they probably won't do it against a right-handed hitter?
3: Well, they can't because, you know, they can't leave – got to have – they can't leave – first base. Yeah, right. So, that'd be a big you know, problem. Uh, I mean, they do the first baseman will play off first base quite a away for a yeah. right-handed pull hitter, but obviously you got to have somebody within, you know, 20 30 feet of first base. So, yeah, I think Morrison will see that. If no one's on base, we'll see the four outfielders tonight and uh, see how it works out.
2: Well, uh, good luck here. Uh, it's going to be uh, don't uh, don't say anything uh, too loud. Well, the press box windows will be open, so you'll be okay. But I was going to say, don't say anything too loud in the press box tonight because they'll be able to hear it down on the field. There'll be about twelve people there. So oh, the they're... windows will
3: be open or closed?
2: Tonight? No, they'll be closed. They'll be closed. Oh, okay. We're not okay. crazy okay. here, for goodness <laughs> sakes. We're not crazy. All right. Well, I guess they plan to play. So uh, good luck. Enjoy it. All right, thanks for having me. All right, Brian McDaggart covers the Astros for MLB.com. and boy, it must be fun to have a ball club like that, huh? It's uh, it is it is quite the team there.
0: It's a it's a far cry from where our boys were a few <laughs> years ago. That's for sure. Well,
2: it's a far cry from where they were a few years ago. You know, their catcher, this Max Stassi, uh, he had a home run to win a game for him a few days ago. The Twins had his brother in uh, minor, in in big league camp, spring training, and he's now the first baseman at Rochester, and he hasn't made it out this season, nor has anybody else since they haven't played a game. <laughs> and they're trying to play tonight again, the Rochester Red Wings, 0 for 3 in postponements. So, uh, then, and uh, and they're playing Syracuse tonight, and apparently the weather's worse than it was uh, over the weekend. So, anyway. We'll uh, be April night baseball. Stupid! <laughs> We'll be back.
3: And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's
1: Person of the Day.
4: Swing and a miss. Down goes Joyce. One away. Miss.
0: Fastball at 99. Two down. He got a little bit behind that fastball. Swing and a miss. Down goes Chapman. Make that 10 strikeouts on the afternoon.
2: 18 up, 18 down. Anybody watch that yesterday? Anybody oh, see so my flipping over there? 99 or 100, Ooh. and then that splitter. Uh, nobody, th- you know, the splitter isn't getting thrown that much anymore. People are afraid of the elbow and but, all that. But, but his Pat, is
0: unhittable. It was a hundred with precision.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean he was
0: hitting his targets with a one hundred mile an hour
2: fastball. Yes, he was, and but the splitter is oh unhittable.
4: Yes, yeah. if
2: you if you're one and two, and he he throws you that thing, well, you can't his, hit it.
4: His delivery too is so deceptive because. He, he goes into that slow wind up and then his arm just sort of whips towards the plate and like you you can't to try and time that is is almost i don't know how i don't know how these guys are going to catch up to that i mean it's hard to appreciate the phenomenon of
2: this the last time a guy had two wins and three homers <laughs> at this point of a season was nineteen nineteen 1919, and it's only been done three times in baseball history.
0: You, I mean, obviously, yeah. this is a pretty incredible pace to keep up throughout the season, but here's what I love about what Sho- Sh- Shoei <laughs> Otani is doing right now in Major League Baseball. He's drawing in the non-baseball fan. Oh,
2: well, I was just going to bring that up. 1981. Now, the Angels came in sixty-two.
0: The year after the Twins, yep. Uh,
2: No, 61 came in the same year. It was the the same year? What am I thinking of? Yeah, American League expansion. Got it. 61. And the Dodgers, the first couple of years there, they had to play in Wrigley Field, the old minor league park. The Dodgers, I mean, if you talk to anybody who was young around there when the Dodgers came, it was like the biggest thing that L.A. had ever experienced. They played in the L.A. Coliseum for two or three years, which had a two hundred and fifty foot fence in left field, and they draw eighty thousand when somebody came to play if, wow. they, if it was the right night. So the Dodgers and they, look, go back and look at the old black and white sitcoms, Drysdale and Koufax, and all those players. They were on those shows, and the Angels were the poor step children from nineteen sixty one on, even with Gene Autry as their owner, the the wonderful cowboy as their owner. And even when they were winning the World Series, it's you know, still too. I mean it's the day, you know, they were big but and they draw people. But it's always been the Dodgers. And the Dodgers in nineteen eighty one, the Dodgers were never bigger than when they had Fernando, Fernando Mania. I mean, it was crazy. Uh the American League had it with the bird, with Fidrich. Mm-hmm. And the National League had Fernando Mania in 1981 into '82, where every time he pitched, it was the biggest event in the LA area, right? Hollywood. You could have had it against the Academy Awards. People would have been Fernando Mania. Well, this kid filled that ballpark early in the season against the Oakland A's yesterday. That place was jammed. They announced 41,000 or something, which mm. is about what it holds now uh he is going to the age, the Dodgers are going to be eating their hearts out cuz he LA I know I mean it's enormous and you know there's there's enough people obviously to support everything but it's also the trendiest town In the the Oh, yeah, no matter how big the market size is, there's still going to be competition. This guy is going to capture the headlines out there like we haven't seen since Valenzuela, as far as baseball is concerned.
0: Well, and what's so funny is, remember all the reports on a spring training? And I know Passan had a great piece today saying, I was wrong, this kid's good. Because he was one of the first critics that came out, but a lot of the scouts were just
2: saying that this isn't going to work. I think Plesak, I heard him getting abuse on MLB.com because he was... He's Mr. Optimism, and a bunch of those guys were expressing skepticism about him and uh, stuff like that. And, you know, uh, somebody, I saw somebody say, Example A of why don't you shouldn't pay any attention to spring training? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, the fact that he has, okay, he's got power pitching. He throws 100, but when he hits his home runs, they're like 440. And too. by uh, the way, one of them was off Kluber. Him. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, what, three straight games now, right? Mm-hmm. That, he's, that he's hit a home you run. You do wonder, played.
0: though, about, you know, you hope that there isn't overuse and, you know, pitching and then playing every well, day. All I got to do
2: is DH him. They're not going to... But well, still, I, I, as I a just, starting
0: pitcher, you have to, you know, you still need that's recovery time. my worry, time. is
4: that he's going to... The My biggest worry is that he's, at some point, he's going to need Tommy John at some plays point plays the day, I don't think year. he plays the day.
2: I don't think he plays the day before he pitches, right? Or the
4: day after? Or I think what, he
2: plays the day does after. Does he
0: play the day yeah. after?
2: But what is he, 26? 27. I don't even think he's that old. Yeah. I think he's. Oh, well, well. that's right. He, he didn't wait. He Because he, he
0: could he have waited until he was 25 and yeah. posted and become a free yeah, agent. That's
2: right. He just wanted to get over here. That's okay, kid. You're going to make a lot of dough out in L.A. Uh, doing ads for the uh, Asian American community, oh my God. I would think. Uh, but this is exactly Boys. what baseball needed. How old is
4: he? Boys. This young man is 23 years old. Twenty wow. wow. He'll be 24 in July.
2: I was worried. I was watching him and seeing the split finger. The thing is, he doesn't throw it constantly like Mike Scott and some of those guys did. That It, be, it became the pitch that people stopped throwing because it was hard on the elbow. But uh, Wasn't well, that what ruined Liriano's elbow? Wasn't that the splitter? No, no, slider. It was, it was a slider, a okay. 80% sliders. But... Uh, I'll have to talk to Morris and ask Morris what he thinks because, you know, Morris was a great forkball. And split, I wonder, too, if, finger, forkball, if same thing. Jack
0: seems to be the kind of guy that would have been a skeptic of a kid like this coming in. And maybe he I wasn't. I have no it, idea.
2: It's hard to be skeptical of 100.
4: Yeah.
2: I mean, if you start off with 100, you got a shot. Yeah, right? If yeah. you start out with 100, you got a shot. <laughs> well, the, But 100, Easy. And he was Easy. perfect
0: through just, six yesterday.
2: Yes, and he, and and he, he got only behind had, 2-0, and he he threw one where a guy could hit it. So.
0: And he he only had, I think, 78 pitches yes. through those perfect With, six. He
2: had 12 strikeouts yesterday. Ah, oh. oh, man, alive. I, uh, every team in town is going to be looking at their schedule, and if the Angels show up and he doesn't pitch, they're going to be very sad. When did the Angels come won? here?
0: When did the Halos come here? I have no idea. Uh, I think it's around the All-Star break. 'Cause I was looking at their schedule earlier today.
2: But he'll he'll draw people whether he's hitting or pitching. Oh yes. Right when he's pitching, there won't be an empty seat in America, I don't think. Do you?
0: No, because this is this is Ichiro, I think this is as big as what Ichiro came oh, to town.
2: I think it's bigger because because it's a pitcher, so you can you can go and say, mm-hmm. I'm gonna see him do something tonight. Now yeah. it might be good or bad, but I'm gonna see. But him you'll for see sure. something.
0: now, and you wonder too. Because of, if if this continues, what's going to be the next, you know, who's going to be the next Otani to come over? Because it happened with Ichiro. Ah, yeah, but
2: none of them were ever in the same.
0: But you wonder ballpark. if there's going to be a ripple effect, is I guess what I'm getting yeah. at here, with this kid being
2: able to, to do both. As I've said about Ichiro, that dumbass batting style of his, that <laughs> everybody thought, oh, this works. No, it doesn't work. It works for one guy because yeah, he's so damn him. good. Right. <laughs> you know? As I've already, I told you guys, Dave Winfield. I said to Ralph Rowe, the old Twins hitting coach, back when he was first coming up, I said, "How can he hit with that hitch?" He says, "That's how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he can hit with that hitch. This kid, you know, uh, Ichiro could hit with that crazy batting style because that's how good he was. That's how good his hands were. So, it, it, you know, Nishi had the same style, didn't work quite as well. Right, just didn't a bit work different. Quite as well. But uh, what an amazing uh, start to the baseball season! Wait a by this kid. Maybe Nishi was a pitcher, and we misused him
0: all these years mm-hmm. later.
2: Well, he couldn't throw from second to first, though, so that would. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, beat a good that up. that's a good That's a good point. Of course, point. it was. I'll never forget the day that he's playing in Toronto. Early in this, I think their second series was in Toronto, and he's playing second, and they hit like kind of the hard two hopper at him. And he almost dived in front of it. And I remember saying to myself, oh, my God, he can't play.
0: <laughs> you know? Well, as long as we've he gone has here. no idea what he's doing. 11 seconds of my personal favorite moment. Okay.
2: Can't see it. And it's going to fall for a double.
3: Nishi just looking up. He had his glove up by his eyes. And then at the last minute, just put his palms out. And the ball landed in front of him.
0: Dan well, he was so absurd. mad. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. He didn't see it. <laughs> and by the way, that you know was not Harry a day. game. Said, you know what Harry would
2: have said? What's that? Uh, Harry would have said, Corey, how could a guy who grew up in Japan lose a ball in the sun? <laughs> <laughs> Jorge Orta, my favorite ever Harry. Hey, we'll be back. Here's John Heights, stunned by the fact Marlene Stallings <laughs> is leaving the university for Lubbock, Texas. Well, not really. Okay. Lubbock, home of Buddy Holly. Oh, that's right. Well,
1: this, uh, <laughs> this update sponsored by Liberty. He's not alive anymore. Is he? Yeah, he died, he no, got killed died in a plane couple years ago. Yeah. Plane crash at 58. Mm-hmm. Update sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind. But Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. The Big Bopper
2: and who else? Uh, the Big Bopper, Richie Valens and Richie Valens. Buddy Boy. Holly. Boy, that was a pretty good crew. Yeah, The Big Bopper was just a disc jockey. But the other two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Twins open up a three-game series against the Astros tonight. Uh, Lance Lynn makes his second start of the season for the Twins. First one at home at Target Field. (laughs) Didn't
2: he have to make the one in Pittsburgh when it was blizzarding, Uh, too? uh I bet he says... (laughs) Why the hell did I sign with these clowns? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin Verlander pitches
1: for the Astros. Uh, your twins lineup for this evening Dozier at second base. Maurer playing first, hitting second. Sano hits third and plays third base. Rosario cleanup in left field. Uh, Logan Morrison uh, off to a, well, a slow start, start, let's say. Yeah. He's DHing, hitting fifth. Escobar playing shortstop, hitting sixth. Kepler hitting seventh in right field. Buxton in center field, hitting eighth. And Castro catches and hits
2: ninth. Just remember that when he first came to Tampa Bay in 2000, 2016, it was 30 more games from today that he knocked in his first run. Ah, he knocked wow. in his first run in game 37. Whew. So got off to a slow start with the race. <laughs> and coolest. you know what? He had a good year. Well, last year he had a good
0: year. That, that's what, that year I guess he that's... drove in
2: 48, oh. 14 and 48 that
0: year. Gotcha. By yeah. the way, uh, back to Buddy Holly really quick. Um, marrying an Iowa girl and then when I go to visit the family, one of my uh, proudest moments is when I kept naming different towns where the plane crash happened, and they get very offended. That you don't have the right town. That you don't have the right town. It's uh, (laughs) kind of like, you know, Bob Dylan. He was born (laughs) in, you know, whatever.
2: Eveleth, he was great. Uh, Eveleth star Bob Dylan. (laughs) Right, same
1: thing. (laughs) Uh, Did you guys see, speaking of Lance Lynn, since he's a former Cardinal, uh, the fight, uh, Yadier Mom. Oh, God.
2: Uh, did he say, something like that little P word? No, he called him... uh, the big the, one. The big one. The MFR. Yeah. Oh, oh, but it was almost
1: a sign of it was, gratitude. It was almost a compliment. He was framing, but yes. yeah, but I, he,
2: I can see that sometimes the lo- language barrier... Uh, well, that. I love Yachty, but
0: Yachty's got a short fuse. Yes, Remember the uh, Brandon Phillips thing to lead right. off the game yep. a couple of years yep. ago? Yep. Yep. Phillips, he started a brawl because Phillips tapped him on the shingard <laughs> saying, hey, good game, you're go get him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh Timberwolves with two games left, they
1: try to make it into the NBA playoffs. Tonight they play Memphis, Wednesday they'll play the Denver. Their
2: Nuggets. best chance to make the playoffs is if Portland if they win when they win tonight if Portland beats uh, yeah, Denver. Yeah, they, right?
4: they they can win tonight and then Portland to, to beat Denver and send San Antonio to beat Sacramento does, and then they would clinch.
2: Does Portland play Denver tonight?
4: Yes. Okay.
2: They, Portland, That's no won't, fun. Portland won't beat
4: Denver,
0: We the need way. the angst. We need it to come
4: care. down to the oh, last game of the year. <laughs> and the game's it. in Denver, and the Nuggets are really hard to beat at yeah, home. Yeah, and so. Portland doesn't care. Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh, as Patrick alluded to, Marlene Stallings is leaving the Gophers. She'll be the new women's basketball coach at Texas Tech. Uh, this past season, the Gophers 24-9 <laughs> under Stallings, ended with a
2: second-round loss to Oregon in the NCAA tournament. The moral of that story is never... Go interview someplace in the hope that it's going to get you a raise when they don't really want to have you anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That that doesn't work, you know? Uh, Don't play that card that uh, if uh, they don't want you around, (laughs) unless it's going to work, yeah. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, another baseball note Red Sox shorts up Xander Bogertz, who's off to a great yes. start. Oh, this is bad, right? Didn't he break his yeah. ankle? He's going to miss a couple weeks. He has a small, non displaced
0: fracture in his left
1: and ankle. he was
2: running. What he. He was I, trying to save the ball from
0: going into the dugout.
2: Yes, yeah. that's. Yeah, and yeah. he hit it on the railing there. Mm-hmm. He's uh, hitting 368, 14
1: for 38 this season. He two homers, and nine RBIs. The that was Sox, a
2: bad said. loss for the Rays, though. They yeah. were up 6 to, what, two? 6 to. Into the bottom of the eighth and gave up five. Yeah.
1: They're uh, recalling Sue Wee Lin from AAA to take Bogart's place on the team. Any relation Western to Roster. Jeremy Lin? That
2: I don't oh, know. Okay.
1: Sue is T Z O or T Z U. It's a tough. Uh, I got a hunch.
2: Show he sanity has a little more staying power than Lin sanity. No probably, sure. yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yes. yeah. And uh, Mark
1: McGuire says yes. He didn't need the steroids to hit seventy home runs. He told that to the Athletic. Like what said, year is he this? He could have done it without without the steroids. Although he said, "I know I did take steroids and it was a mistake." But
4: if, if deep could have it, done so it. If you could have done it without the
0: steroids,
2: Mark, why did you
0: take the? I steroids? don't care. The summer of '98 was awesome <laughs> for baseball. <laughs> I was
2: there, man, writing that bull crap like it meant <laughs> <in that> something. <sample. laughs> I what kind of vitamins are they taking? in it hole, boy! Those guys must be working out in the off offseason. <laughs> really really <laughs> hitting the
0: weights, man. Yeah, man. Well, we were in the midst of what our like seventh or fifth consecutive awful Twins year. We needed something. It was great. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I was also naive, but uh, uh, but hell, I was young. I was only like seventy or something. <laughs> All right, goodbye. <laughs> You're on The Ride with Roycey. He's an incredible troll. Well, yes. He
0: has cultivated and fertilized his inner troll <laughs> on
1: 1500
0: ESPN. The Ride
1: with Roycey now continues. 69, offense. He was giving them the business.
4: It's time for late hits.
3: Huckleby is the tailback. The oh, Packers were down here last time and, and fumbled the ball. Steps wide to the near side, slot right. Called by Dickey and second and goal. And a quick pitch to Huckleby,
1: coming to the near side. He oh. slipped by
3: one man, he's going to go in for the touchdown. Three cut back at the five. There were four bears there, and he left them all to the outside. And Knight back in for his second touchdown of the game.
2: Joe McConnell, a very, very good, uh, football announcer was the Vikings play by play guy, the best team they ever had, uh, when they, fir- they first came over from to hear from KS, from CCO. Mm-hmm. The Vikings left. This was like a big traumatic event The the first team to leave CCO, right? And the, the team was Joe McConnell and Paul Hornan. Oh man. They brought Hornen over here as his helper and they were great. They were they were here. They did that four or five years. And then I think they went back to CCO and I think McConnell went with them. Very uh very good football announcer. Okay baseball announcer. He replaced Harry with the White Sox. Oh, he did? The, yeah, the White Sox fired Harry. Uh because they decided that they could, him and Pearsall were just a little too much uh, for good purposes. And I've told you guys that story that I called Harry at the pump room and the, the Ambassador West. Yep. And they took the phone over to the, you know, they went and told him that this guy from Minneapolis, they told him who I was, St. Paul, and went over and they took it over and plugged in the phone at the booth. And Harry was there and he's already half lit up. And he said, Joe McConnell. He couldn't sell a Budweiser to a dying man crawling across the desert, you know, or the Sahara or something like that. Poor Joe was, that was a bad deal for him to try to replace Harry because they loved Harry on the South Side. And then, of course, a month later, the Cubbies hired him to come over to the North Side, which worked out pretty good for Harry. But uh, Joe McConnell, very good football announcer here, has died at age seventy-nine. I think his last gig was uh, Purdue. Purdue voice of Purdue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was good. he was good though. Give me one second. High strong, high strong fella. He was. Was he a local guy? Was he from? No, no, here? they brought him in from the outside. Somebody okay. from KSDP found him, I think, because uh, I think this. The station they were gonna, they wanted a new voice because of uh, maybe it the was the sports
0: director. The rookie was uh, <laughs>
2: well in the early I, stages. Yeah, I don't r- know. I wasn't. That's so long ago. I wasn't even here, <laughs> and neither was Such, For God's sakes, uh, sometime in the seventies. I can't I remember still love when.
0: it when rookie will get email with the title sports, sports, sports director, director. We underneath. appointed him sports director.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we appointed appointed him sports director. Uh... So uh, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, sad to say the least. Uh, The Wolves tonight, Memphis. Uh, Two weeks ago, they managed to lose this team, one of the most. It made me. It embarrassed me to be a Minnesotan that
4: they lost. (laughs) It was. It was easily the worst loss. This is a
2: team that had lost twenty three out of twenty four, and this is the one that had no
4: interest in even winning.
2: Yeah, and this is the one that put them in the predicament that they're in now. Right? I mean, that was the. There's been bad losses, but that was the one. That yep. and and it was the one time in all these bad losses where you saw faces, and Jimmy wasn't playing yet, but you saw faces on the sideline saying, "What in the hell?
4: What are is we happening? Doing? Yeah. yeah, what is going on? What how, is this? Uh, yeah, it yeah. was a
2: it was a complete puzzle. So uh, they play tonight. If Twins they playing up- next door. You know what? As puzzling as the Wolves <laughs> losing to Memphis two weeks ago is." The Twins playing night games in the middle of it before <laughs> April 15th is even more puzzling. You're going to have...
0: This is really eating at you. Well,
2: it's so stupid. I, I know. It's so stupid. <laughs> what the hell? F- tell FSN oh, no. to go take a long walk off a short pier. You're not going to be that stupid, right? Well, you were here by Circle. Yes, I'm Circle. <laughs> it's, it's idiotic. It's done for the regional networks. Well... It's April. This happens. This happens. You dummies. Uh, it's is it's. it's uh, what is it today? What is today? April ninth, night. Night, sir. night. The ninth. Night. Well, hell, we've been playing for two weeks. That's right. It's uh, <laughs> you know, and then to not, okay, you got to say, play a split tomorrow, right? You, you would because think. it's supposed to be like thirty-eight or forty, and Wednesday's supposed afternoon. to be fifty. Yeah. Play a split. Jeez. Don't make anybody. It's not low tonight. Is 18. 18. <laughs> Somebody's cool. going to get hit in the hand by Verlander, and they'll never play baseball again. <laughs> They're going to get hit in the wrist, and their whole arm will just turn to glass and break. And it'll they, start to swell and yeah, look like Popeye's We'll have a bunch uh, of Dave Droveckis walking around. Oh, my for a God. Man. <laughs> That's <laughs> so stupid. Ricey for commissioner. Ricey for commissioner. That's all I got to say. righty, and Marlene Stalin's gone. This is easy. Lindsey Whalen. Lindsey, percent chance you actually think she will
0: accept the job if it's off, or if, if it's I'd even say opportune. it was
2: a fifty percent chance until I mentioned it. Now it's down to about five percent, right? Because they don't they, they want to listen to you. You know, they don't want to listen to me because you know they they consider me a critic. I don't know why. I, by the way, <laughs> right? By the way, Coach Patino made a very good hire to replace Kamani Young, uh, Rob Jeter, who was the coach at uh, Wisconsin Milwaukee. Oh yeah, who's some. Tight ass school president fired for no reason. Didn't they beat the Badgers in Madison? Yeah, he yeah, was good. They did. And he, a, he must have been floating around because they hired him. He said, they, that's the best hire. This guy can recruit and something Patino needs, he can coach. Wow, that so, is a good, uh, uh, very that is good, a good hire. Move. Very good hire. We'll be back. Del- Manny, do you have a daily complaint, sir?
4: Yes, I do. My uh, daily complaint goes back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago with the Wolves. It's the Memphis loss from a couple of weeks yes. ago because if there is one team that could blow it in this particular circumstance tonight. that they have tonight.
2: Gasol is going to play, but virtually none of the rest of them are going to play, right?
4: I even heard rumblings that Gasol might actually
2: even They sit might out give this him game. the night off? Yeah. But they've already... Arizona's already clinched Phoenix has already clinched the worst record.
4: Yes. So, so Memphis there's, there's can't there's they, really they no can't, incentive. They're for, they're stuck in that number yeah, number 2 spot. 29. So
2: right. Uh, so there's no incentive for Gasol not yeah. to play.
4: But my my complaint is that we have the mentality that the wolves could actually screw this up tonight. Yes, well, that's and, what and I And it's thought. a legit, it's a now, legit concern that they the can screw this I up today.
2: They have made it an
4: interesting game, right? By, and it shouldn't be right now.
2: By puking on their shoes last week or two
0: weeks ago, right? What do you got, Reavers? A uh, sad note to pass along from the Bell Plain Tigers town baseball community. A guest on Saturday Sports Talk, Dog uh, Brett Meyer. Remember we had Dog oh, on. Yeah, we were down in right. Jordan. Uh, he has been hospitalized with a cancerous brain tumor. Oh, no. He's one of the guys that's a legend. He was on the 94 state championship team. He's one of those guys that's just a true character. In town baseball, and uh, we're hoping for the best for uh, for Doug Brent. Brent Meyer, by the way, is his name, and he is a legend in town baseball.
2: I think I've uh, pretty well made my complaints known all day today about uh, trying to play baseball. Hey, look at Detroit's be... playing Cleveland, Manny. Look yeah, at that. it's, it's going to be. It 18. looks beautiful. <laughs>
4: Just going to be wonderful 18. weather out there. In Cleveland. By the There's nine way, people in the
2: state yeah uh, Houston yesterday. Yep, they had their lowest game time temperature ever, according to uh, our guest. 52. Yep. 52! <laughs> 52. 52. We're going to play it's when it's 18. 18. Come on. Get your heads out of where the sun don't shine. <laughs>